Well, good evening. Welcome into Brewers Weekly here on WTMJ. My name is Matt Pauly. Have you for the next hour as we talk all things Milwaukee Brewers baseball. Still the first place Milwaukee Brewers, despite the fact that, yeah, they've uh, they've lost a few games here over the last few days. And that happens during the course of a baseball season. We'll touch on that as we go through the program today. If you'd like to join me, you can do so by calling or texting. We call it the Acunet Mortgage Talk and Text Line. 414-799-1620. That's 414-799-1620. Or you can always tweet at me, at Matt Pauley Radio, M-A-T-T-P-A-U-L-E-Y Radio. I'd love if you follow me on Twitter as well, but you don't have to follow me to tweet at me, and I will uh, watch the Twitter notifications as we go through the course of the program. we got a lot to get into. Uh, this is a Brewers team right now that is not... Okay, they're not playing great baseball because they're not winning games. And I think the bottom line anytime is you can't say a team is playing well, but they're not winning. Like, that's just that's an apologist type of view to, to try to sit there and look at all the good things that are happening. I will say this, and Craig Council said this uh, during the course of uh, his postgame conversation today. The Brewers are a hit away from being in a much better spot. But you know what? If you're if you're going to be a team that's headed to the postseason, if you're going to be a team that can avoid long losing streaks, you find those hits. And when you start breaking down the box score game by game by game in this losing streak that the crew is currently on, you find some alarming numbers. I'm not going to argue that... Yeah, the Brewers are they're, they're not playing horrible baseball. I mean, you look at these losses, 4-2, 3-2, 4-3, 4-2, 5-2. You're you're losing by 1-2-3 runs a game. But you got to find a way to start getting those big hits. Today the Brewers go 1 for 10 with runners in scoring position and they leave 9 on. That's bad. Uh yesterday they go 1 for 4 with runners in scoring position. But they strike out 15 times. That's why they only have four uh, at-bats with runners in scoring position yesterday. It's because they weren't moving runners over. They weren't getting runners in scoring position. Two days ago, they go one for seven with runners in scoring position and leave eight on. When was the last time? I'm going to do this right now. Let's see if I can figure this out. Okay, so the last time the Brewers even had multiple hits in a game with runners in scoring position was four days ago when they lost 4-2. And they go two for nine, leaving 11 on. So even with two hits, that's still not good. So I say all that to say this. This has been a really good offensive club this year. Really good offensive club this year. And they are slumping right now. In the course of a 162-game season, you are going to go through some periods where stuff just doesn't go your way. It happens in baseball. Now, what we're going to find out, and you can say, you can be on one side of this or you can be on the other side of this. And you might be right, you might be wrong, and with all due respect to whatever you're thinking right now, whether you're right or wrong doesn't say anything about your knowledge of baseball because nobody really knows at this point. We simply don't know. We are going to find out if this little losing streak that the Brewers are on right now, if this is a bump in the road or if this is indicative of who they are going to turn into 
during the course of the final couple months of the season. You can sit here and say, oh, look how resilient they've been. This is Everybody goes through losing streaks. They're going to be fine. And, in fact, I lean that direction, and I hope I'm right. But maybe they don't turn it around. Maybe they continue to struggle. Maybe, they, maybe this is the beginning of the end on what has been a pretty special year. Maybe that's the case. I don't know. And we'll just have to wait and see. And you can be hopeful. And look, they've, they've shown the ability to bounce back. These next three games in Philadelphia are going to say a lot. Because I think they match up just fine against the Phillies. They, the Phillies aren't a good baseball team. The Brewers have been pretty good on the road this year. So there's a lot of reasons to say that this, these next few days are going to mean a lot. By the way, the Cubs last year. I've got the, I'm just very quickly going through uh, their game-by-game last year. They lost four in a row, and they lost six of seven between June 20th and June 26th. They lost five in a row from July 5th to July 9th, and they lost nine of ten from June 30th to July 9th. Uh, those were their long losing streaks last year. So they had, they had some pretty long losing streaks last year, and that did not stop them from being a really good team that finished with a record of 103-58 and and winning the World Series. So let's not make too much of a, a small losing streak for the Brewers. Maybe it turns into something bigger. We can start making a bigger deal of it then. It's not to the point yet where it's worth really focusing in on. 414-799-1620. 414-799-1620. That is the Accident Mortgage Talk and Text Line. You can also tweet at me if you would like, at Matt Pauley Radio, M-A-T-T-P-A-U-L-E-Y Radio. How are you feeling about this losing streak? Are you getting worried about this team, or are you saying, okay, let's take a step back and let's see how this is going to uh, play out? And even the trades. We'll get into the trades more coming up uh, later on about what the Brewers should do, and if... Uh, the way the last few days have gone have either hurried up the Brewers' need for a trade or actually slowed it down a bit. Well, we can talk about that as well. 414-799-1620. 414-799-1620. That is the Acunet Mortgage Talk and Text Line. This is Brewers Weekly. We're back with more in a moment on WTMJ. Brewers Weekly here on WTMJ. My name is Matt Pauley. If you want to join the program, talk Brewers, you can uh, join me. 414-799-1620. That is 414-799-1620. That is the Acunet Mortgage Talk and Text Line. Or you can always tweet at me, at Matt Pauley Radio. M-A-T-T-P-A-U-L-E-Y Radio. You might not want to hear what I'm about to say. Because I'm kind of going to tell you how you should be thinking about something. And generally, I don't like that. I'm not that guy. You know, you've got the right to be a fan. You've got the right to kind of cheer however you want to cheer, be upset about whatever you want to be upset about. But I've noticed a phenomenon this year with folks talking about this Brewers team. And the phenomenon I've noticed is, and I wrote a blog about this. You can read a longer version if you'd like at WTMJ.com. There's a sky-is-falling mentality right now to the Brewers fan base. And I just, look, I just want to remind you about this. There were no expectations for this team this year. 
I had a lot of people saying this team was going to lose 100 games. And I never thought that. I thought they'd be closer to 500, but I didn't see what they're doing right now. But there were very few expectations. And the idea was this was a year to let some of the young guys play and develop and you know see what you got with some other guys. The team's in first place. It's July 20th. My only, my only tidbit to you, and the only reason I'm trying to implore this, this thought upon you is because I want you to enjoy yourself. I care for you. Worst case scenario, the Cubs catch the Brewers. The Brewers don't make the postseason, which would stink. I get it. It would stink. It's okay to be not happy about that. But in the worst case scenario, it was still a Brewers team that have shown that the rebuild is way ahead of schedule. We had all these months of this team being in first place. We had great moments. So even if the worst case scenario happens, there's still been a lot of good things. Best case scenario, this team gets it back going. They win the division. They go to the playoffs. And who knows what happens after that. If you are so worried, if you are so worried about what's going to happen with this team and are they falling off and are the Cubs going to catch them, if you are just consumed with that, You're either not going to be able to enjoy what could turn into a special team in the best-case scenario, or you're not really going to even be able to acknowledge the positive things that have happened in the worst-case scenario. So I have a blog entry up. I I call it Brewers fans, enjoy the ride. So Brewers fans, enjoy the ride. 414-799-1620. 414-799-1620. That is the Acunet Mortgage Talk and Text Line. Let's welcome in our first phone call of the day. Leo is in Mequon. Leo, you're on WTMJ. Hey, thanks for having me. You bet. Um, first off, I think it starts with starting pitching. I think the uh, Brewers really got to – I mean, they just got to go after somebody before they before they can't anymore. Because I'm telling you, the past six games, after watching these Cubs, I mean, they're looking like last year's Cubs right now. So, Leo, can I, I'm not going to hang up on you. Let me pause you for a second. Who are you uncomfortable with in the starting rotation right now? Well, I think Davies. Davies needs to be strong. Like, he's the, I think everybody can say he's probably the bright and shining star of the starting bullpen. And just watching his last couple starts, I just feel like he, he, he isn't really living up to his potential of what uh, all fans really want him to, want him to produce. Look, I'm not trying to make too much out of one start, but yesterday he went seven innings giving up just one unearned run. You can't ask for much more than that. Again, his overall numbers, he's got a 4.76 ERA. I'm not completely poo-pooing your point because I know where you're coming from, but he has been. I think he's been trending up in the recent uh, recent starts. Well, I just and also I just think you know living off Davies, like they they really need a strong like. A one-man bullpen, you know, like you can't be a, you can't really be a playoff team with a, with one guy. You know what I'm saying? Like the the bullpen uh, around is 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 fairly strong, but they're going to need, you know, another one of those main guys to really carry them carry them to the promised land. Where you see Cubs have, you know, they've got Lester. Arietta's not looking bad. They're getting Hendricks back this week. Yeah. I mean, I mean, to compete with that, I mean, the Cubs are looking really hot right now, and it's. I mean, what was it? Eight games are has turned to one. So, I mean, I just feel like starting pitching is is the way to go. And you know, before they can't anymore, that's the way to attack it. All right, Leo, appreciate the phone call. And I look, I they could use it. I'm not saying they don't need a starting pitcher. I'd love for this team to add Sonny Gray. I think Sonny Gray makes sense for so many reasons. 
He, I think he fits onto this club. His skill set works. There's just a million reasons why going and getting Sonny Gray makes a lot of sense. I don't think starting pitching is the reason this team is on a losing streak right now. That's Starting pitching isn't the issue right now. But does that not mean that you don't need a, a veteran, really good starter? You know, and, and, you know, there is some aspect of answering the Cubs. The Cubs go get Quintana. You know, the, the Cubs kind of answered the Brewers on that. Because the Brewers were in on Quintana, and the Cubs said, okay, we'll get him, we'll offer more. So could they use some? Uh, could they use a starting pitcher? Absolutely they could. I don't think that's the huge issue going on with this team right now. Right now it's timely hitting. Bob and Gurney, Bob, you're on WTMJ. Hey, how's it going? Yeah, you know, I wanted to second what you just said. Uh, uh, you kind of sense that the Cubs got a spark when they picked up uh, Quintano. And, uh, you know, your idea about Sonny... Sonny Gray, I think, would be great for the Brewers. Uh, it makes sense, and I'd be willing to give up some of the top prospects. I probably wouldn't want to give up Lewis Brinson. I probably wouldn't want to give up Ortiz. But there's a lot of really good prospects, not named Brinson or Ortiz, that I think can still net you Sonny Gray. Yeah, you know, I don't want to panic, but, man, it sure seems like like the season has, has just changed on a dime. And uh, you can just sense the Cubs are kind of picking up speed and uh you know like the previous caller said they're starting to look like last year and uh, that's going to be hard to compete with yeah it, it absolutely is and bob appreciate the phone call that the cubs have some wind in their sails right now i don't like seeing it uh but we were all shocked at how poorly they played for the first half of the season okay now they want to make this a race let's see if the brewers can answer don't forget the brewers and cubs are going to play a three-game weekend series at the end of the month, right after this uh, road trip comes to an end. That's a huge series. Man, that's a big series. And one of those two, you know, the Brewers have already made a statement to the Cubs when they went into Chicago for that one game and kicked their you-know-whats. And that was fun. That was a lot of fun. That was a statement game from the Brewers. And you don't get statement games in baseball very often because you play series. Can they have a statement series? Can they can they take what they did in Chicago at Wrigley Field a couple weeks ago and do it over the course of a series at Miller Park? I hope so. And I hope more Brewers fans are, are at Miller Park. I hope that's not a, a completely pro-Cubs crowd. I know there's going to be a fair amount of Cubs fans there, but we've seen Miller Park become a, uh, a safe haven for Cubdom when the Cubs have been in town. And with the way this team is playing, being a first-place team, I am hopeful that Brewers fans have picked up a bunch of those tickets for that weekend series. The AccuNet Mortgage Talk and Tax Line available, 414-799-1620, 414-799-1620. Have some uh, text message to get to. We'll continue to talk about this team. If you want to uh, talk some Brewers baseball, we welcome your phone calls and your text messages and your tweets. We're back with more in a moment. It's Brewers Weekly on WTMJ. Brewers Weekly rolling on here on WTMJ. My name is Matt Pauley. If you want to join us, you can do so on the AccuNet Mortgage Talk and Text Line 414-799-1620, 414-799-1620. One judge is considering letting inmates out early from their jail sentences, but only if they agree to a vasectomy. 
Has the judge overstepped his bounds, or is there some merit to the offer? Find out during Scafidi and Billstad at 2.07 tomorrow. They are broadcasting live from Festa Italiana and is sponsored by uh, Hometown Window and Doors. Got a text from uh, Den, Upper Peninsula. Not having Sogard the last four days really hurt. When is he going to be activated? He should be activated for this series in Philadelphia, maybe as early as tomorrow. He is wrapping up his rehab assignment tonight with the Timber Rattlers. Right now, uh, South Bend leads at Wisconsin 3-0. Eric Sogard's 0-2. He went 0-3 yesterday. But again, it's not about his batting average. It's about just him feeling comfortable out there. So pretty good chance that Eric Sogard is going to be at second base and leading off tomorrow in Philadelphia. So if that helps you uh, feel better about things. Yeah, Jonathan VR today, he's he's been sitting a little bit more recently in his playing time. We'll obviously go down with Sogard back. VR will still get some starts. I don't know if it's going to be a straight platoon, what it's going to be. VR today was uh, two for five. He did get caught stealing at a moment you didn't want to. Uh, you know, Jonathan VR doesn't annoy me as much as he annoys a, 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 a maybe a vocal minority of Brewers fans. But just once, I want to see him get caught stealing and not immediately point to the dugout for them to go to the replay. Like you are, it's a it's a risk to steal a base, and you are going to get caught every once in a while. You're not always safe. You don't have to point into the dugout every single time you get caught for them to go look at the replay. And by the way, if it's that close, they're going to look anyways. You pointing to the dugout is going to do nothing. Pat Murphy will be on that phone talking to the video people before you can even point that finger. So that's that's all I would say. Bill is in Hartford. Bill, you're on WTMJ. Thanks for taking my call. Um, listen, with regard to trying to pick up uh, you know, a pitcher and trading away prospects. I think the question everybody needs to ask themselves, and we're not in a position to to know what they're thinking in the front office, but is the position players? You know, I I, I was going to say the remaining eight, other than the pitcher, but the Brewers look at the way they are: is you have pitchers and you have position players. They don't have the starting eight. So, are the position players that the Brewers have as good as the position players that the Cubs have? And if the answer to that question is yes, then by all means go out and try and trade somebody and, you know, get a starting pitcher in here that will make a difference. But if the answer to that question is no, then that one guy is not going to make a difference. You could bring CC Sabathia back here from 2008, and he would not make the difference, you know, with the talent that the Cubs have. They have a very talented ball club, and I would rather see them not make – a move that may not make a difference because they can't compete coming down to the wire anyway. The Cubs may find a way to win this thing by one game. And in the meantime, yeah, it was fun, but you've given away two or three prospects. So, Bill, let let me throw two things back at you real quick. And one kind of goes with what you're saying, and one kind of goes against it. So the thing that kind of goes with it is, if Sonny Gray starts one of these last four games for the Brewers... I don't know if they win that game because Sonny Gray is starting. The starting pitching hasn't been an issue. So I'm not sitting here saying, oh, man, if Sonny Gray would have started one of these games, they definitely would have won. Because the pitching, for the most part, has been 
pretty okay. You know, may, maybe they do. Maybe, you know, there's been a couple letdowns from the starting pitching, but that hasn't been the issue. So that's that kind of goes along with what you just said. But I think what I would say to go against what you just said is, yeah, the Cubs have more talent on their roster than the Brewers. However, sometimes more talent doesn't always play better. And the Brewers' talent, less than what the Cubs have, on July 20th, for the most part this season, have played better than the Cubs' talent. So I guess my argument... Yeah, I, I agree with that, that the Brewers have been playing better with the Cubs. So my, my argument would be, do you give these guys who have overachieved at least that opportunity, that feeling that you believe in them, and go make that move? Well, that's, that's the million-dollar question that nobody knows the answer to. Yep. You know, let's face it, if the Cubs had been playing up to their capability... We wouldn't be having this discussion. We'd be ecstatic that the Brewers were over 500 and only three or four games behind the Cubs and maybe in second place. Absolutely. They would not have been in first place all this while because the Cubs have been right now up to this point a sub-500 team, and they're a better team than that. You know, one thing Council says all the time is at the end of 162 games, your record is what you deserve. So if they play better... You know, the goal here, and everybody's been saying this from the organization all along, is to build sustained excellence. And do you want to trade away? I don't. I don't care any of the prospects, even if it's a low, a low A or a low double A. You know, prospect that in two or three years could be the next guy that's going to you know be a sustained player like Ryan Braun or, or whoever picks somebody. You know, for the chance to make it this year. You know, because they don't have the financial resources to try and, and sign somebody big, so they have to build from within. And I, I personally would rather just, I'd rather see them just go with these guys that they have that have been having so much fun playing together and ride it out. And like you said in your blog, enjoy the ride. And come September, let's see where they're at. All right, Bill, appreciate the phone call. Thanks for reading the blog. <laughs> 414-799-1620, 414-799-1620. That is the Acunet Mortgage Talk and Text Line. This is Brewers Weekly. We'll get to some more phone calls, some more text. Uh, if you want to tweet in, we can get to those as well. At Matt Pauley Radio, M-A-T-T-P-A-U-L-E-Y Radio. It's Brewers Weekly. we got more in a moment on WTMJ. Weekly continuing here on WTMJ. My name is Matt Pauley. Thanks so much for being tuned in. Have you for another 25 minutes till 9 o'clock. If you want to join the program, the Acunet Mortgage Talk and Text Line available. It is popping. 414-799-1620. 414-799-1620. Jeff Wagner asks, since most people have to borrow money to buy a home, why is it so bad to consider borrowing money to fix state roads? He'll have the latest in the Madison budget battle at 9.35 tomorrow morning. I feel like I should do, like, a WWE-like intro when talking about the Madison budget battle. I don't know. I'm a sports guy. I don't know what I'm talking about right there. Let's go to uh, Patrick in Beloit. Patrick, you're on WTMJ. Uh, yeah, I just um, I, I think everybody's too gun-ho to trade off the farm system, you know, trying to big put a big piece um, as far as rotation. I, and I, I think people need to look at what where's your strength for trading from and i think the the most obvious um the most obvious piece is um that we basically have four major league ready catchers um with susak and um rivera i think being the least likely to be traded i think bandy and volt would um 
most likely be good trade pieces to net us a, a net a bullpen arm. Well, pa- Patrick, I'm going to stop you there because that's that's not what teams want to trade for anymore. You know, last year when the Brewers traded away Jonathan Lucroy, they didn't want any major league talent for him. They wanted a bunch of young prospects. So if you're that's the that's the commodity now. That's the value. That's the that's what it's costing to go make trades. It costs younger players. Uh, Andrew Susak isn't going to bring you anything on the trade market. Jet Bandy's not going to bring you anything on the trade market. But Brett Phillips might. But Mauricio Dubon might. I just I, I don't buy the idea that one of these catchers, who essentially is a big league guy, is going to be able to net you much. Uh, the, I think big league guys are throw-ins in trade. I don't think they're the centerpieces of trades. Okay, well, again, I, I, I'm looking at just, uh, I think one of the more realistic things is that the Brewers are going to look at adding a, a bullpen arm. But um, looking forward a little bit, what I'm wondering is, um, I'm wondering that if Eric Thames, you know, everybody likes him and he was a hero in April, but I'm wondering if he is um, a, a perfect um, person to, again, I'm looking at bullpen arms. Um, because with, if you look forward, um, with the glut of athletic, um, outfielders coming up with Phillips and Brinson and, and Broxton, and I'm wondering, um, with Aguilar and, um, and Sogart having a lot more flexibility, I'm wondering if they could even look at, um, uh, moving Domingo Santana to first base for next year, which would give you a lot of flexibility with outfield and infield. Um, Eric Thames just kind of, limits your flexibility by having him, you know, at first base. And I'm wondering if that's anything anybody's heard any rumors as far as um, Eric Thames uh, being available for trade. Yeah, Patrick, I, I appreciate the phone call. Look, I don't think they're going to trade Eric Thames. He's such cost-controlled, and you're still this year kind of learning who he is. You know, this is his first year back from Korea. He's making $4 million this year, $5 million next year, $6 million the year after that, and then that last year is a player option, uh, where, or it's a team option, I guess, where if you either pay him $7.5 million or you pay him $1 million not to play for you. And so does, does Eric Thames play out all three years of the contract in Milwaukee? I don't know. I just At that money and with his ability to hit home runs and a guy who's been in Korea, so tech, you know, he doesn't have all that big league service time. He should still be an improving player. Uh, that's not something that I would uh, that I would think is going to happen. I think Thames is going to be here going into next year. And, and the other side of it is Domingo Santana is not a first baseman. Yeah, everybody always wants to just throw guys at first base because maybe it is the least challenging defensive position. I have seen guys who just can't play first base, and. I I don't know if you can put Domingo Santana at first base, but I I don't think that's something you can assume that you can do. Domingo Santana is an outfielder. I'm bringing up his career numbers right now just to make sure he's uh, not played first base, and that's something that he his first year as a professional ball player was 2009. Going into this year, he has appeared in 713 minor league games, 135 major league games, and however many games he's played this year. So over a thousand games of professional experience, and this guy's never played at first base. So I don't, I, I don't like the idea of, oh, let's just throw him at first base. People do that with Ryan Braun all the time, and Braun, it's actually more legit because he came up as a third baseman. So that gives you more of a sense that he could move over to first. But even that's, you know, that's always the thing. Oh, I'll put Braun at first. No, he's an outfielder. That's where he plays. That's what uh, that's what he does. All right, John's in Economowoc. John, you're on WTMJ. Thanks. 
I think when you look at the possibility of picking up starting pitching, you have to ask yourself, if you were the Cubs or the Dodgers, because this is where you want to get to, where would these guys fall? So right now you've got uh, Jimmy Nelson. He'd probably be a two. You've got Chase Anderson. He likely would be a three. And then when we take a look at some of these other guys, uh, Zach Davies probably doesn't make the snap. So if you're looking at Crave, I think he, on the Cubs or the Dodgers right now, he'd probably fall in right around a four or a three with a possible upside. So I like him because of that. I think we should go get him. But you're still going to have to develop a one somewhere if you really want to be a championship. Not just a playoff team, but a team capable of winning a World Series. You're going to have to develop someone from within who could be that number one starter on that caliber of a team. So I think you get Gray because he could fit a year or two from now into that number three, number four starter on the championship caliber team. And you're going to have to develop that number one. And if you don't have him, let's send Braun out and get two or three good prospects so we can get a number one pitcher two years from now. Well, John, look at the long term. John, who are you going to trade Braun to? There's a team that is going to say, I'm just short that clutch hitter in critical situations. But does Braun yeah. want to go? Because he has full no-trade clause, and he's been injured, and he gets paid a lot of money. Like, people bring up Braun, and everything, I was with you. Man, I was with you. Your call was great. Your call was one of my favorite calls we've had on this show. I was totally with you, John, until you brought up Braun, because I think he is mostly untradeable. I think if you eat his salary, you'll actually get two or three prospects for a club that says, we're on the verge of getting it because we have the pitching, and what we don't have is clutch hitting. And if we had clutch hitting right now and we didn't have to play them every day, and there are teams out there who could use that clutch hitting if we eat some of that salary. And I, we, I think that's what we should do. Go get a couple of more super AAA players who could turn into that number one superstar. Go get Gray, and then I think you actually in two years you're playing for a World Series. All right, John, appreciate the phone call. One guy you didn't mention who I think is probably the, the ace in the hole at this point is Josh Hader. Josh Hader can absolutely develop into a number one starter. Josh Hader has all the ability to be a top-line starter. And, oh, yeah, by the way, he's left-handed. Like, that's that's kind of cool, too. The Brewers, a team that doesn't that historically don't have a lot of left-handed starters, you, you could have, you know, Hader is the best pitching prospect we've seen come up through the Brewers' system in quite some time. So I just, look, A, Braun has full no-trade protection. So you got if he's going to trade Braun, he has to go to a team that he wants to go to. Uh, B, his his contract I don't think is a bad contract. I You can argue he's actually underpaid based off his production, specifically from last year when he was healthy. But it's still a lot of money. It's not an amount of money that people can just pick up. And I don't think the Brewers are in the business of eating salary. When, when, you know, the Brewers need every single penny that they're spending to go towards them winning. So I don't think they're going to eat Braun's salary. Um, and, you know, he's been banged up this year. I just, I don't see a fit. It, you know, like last year there was talk about the Dodgers. The Dodgers don't need him. But you know what? Ryan Braun does more for the Brewers than he would do for any other team. Braun has more value with Milwaukee than any other team out there. 414-799-1620, 414-799-1620. It's the AccuNet Mortgage Talk and Text Line. It's Brewers Weekly. we got more in a moment on WTMJ. Brewers Weekly rolls on here on WTMJ. My name's Matt Pauley. The summer movie season started off slow, but has really kicked into gear recently. First Spider-Man, then the big sick, now Dunkirk. Is that how you say that, Dunkirk? 
I have no clue. This might be the first time I've ever heard of Dunkirk. But you can find out all kinds of things about Dunkirk and these other movies when Gene Miller has those reviews and more at 8.20 tomorrow during Wisconsin's Morning News. I don't know anything about movies during baseball season. I don't know anything about TV shows during baseball season. All I do is watch baseball. Ask my wife. She, uh, she, she puts up with a lot during baseball season. I have no clue what is going on in the world outside of baseball for the course of these six months. And I'm okay with that. Sometimes the world isn't a friendly place. 414-799-1620. That's the Acunet Mortgage Talk and Text Line. Rob is in Racine. Rob, you've called, and now you are on WTMJ. Hey, Matt, you were in my backyard. You were at the lighthouse, man. It's like right around the corner from where I live. So that, I hope you, it was pretty cool. You, yeah, I hope you uh, did. You walk the steps up to the top or not? No, they only do that like every third Sunday of the month or something. Yeah, right. So here's my, you know, here's my problem. I mean, the previous caller is talking about Ryan Braun. Now, if he was having a year that he had last year, that would be a conversation. But obviously, what's he hitting, 240 right now? I mean, RBIs, he's like at 25 or something. But Ryan Braun is not a, a trade ship at this point. I, I mean, I don't know what you feel, but, I mean, I don't know. You, 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 you're not quite, he's sitting about 260, but he's just not playing enough to be a valuable right. trade ship. Like, that's, it doesn't, he could be hitting 330, but he's only appeared in 46 games, so it's not even a conversation really worth exactly. going down the uh, right. going down the pike right. with. So here's a, you know in the last in five game losing streak, and I know I'm preaching a choir, you know this, but our pitching's not the problem; it's offense. So I mean, I don't know what you think we can do to, to cure that. I mean, it's like I don't even know what kind of trade ships. I mean, I don't know what Stearns is thinking as far. Are we looking at offense? Are we looking at pitching? I mean. Eric Thames, I mean, I don't even know what's going on with him, but, I mean, what do you think we need going forward? I mean, Sonny Gray, okay, so he's going to help, but our pitching is really not the problem as of late. Yes, yeah, so I mean, Rob, I, I, think, I think we're having this conversation maybe a little bit too early because it's a 162-game season, and I'm not going to sit here because they've lost five games and they're hitting, you know, they're getting one hit with runners in scoring position every single day seemingly for a week. I'm not right. going to say all of a sudden they need bats because you know they're they're a top four or five team in runs scored. They lead the National League in home runs. This has been a very dynamic offense all season long. They're in a slump right now. So I agree with you on you know pitching isn't a problem right now. But if you step back and you look at the season throughout the year, they don't have that top of the rotation starter who you really like to have in the postseason. If if the bats continue to do what they've done the last five days for the next week or two weeks, then let's have this conversation. But right now, that's not a conversation I want to have. What about the bullpen? Are you worried about the bullpen? Yeah, I think you have to be. I'm worried about I'm worried about the sixth and seventh innings when the starter goes five. Exactly. All right, man. Thanks, right, brother. Rob, thank good. yeah. Appreciate the phone call. I cut you off there. I didn't mean to do that. Four one four seven nine nine one six twenty. Four one four seven nine nine one six twenty. It is the Acunet Mortgage Talk and Text Line. Let's get one more break in. We'll come back. We'll wrap up the program. This is Brewers Weekly on WTMJ. Brewers Weekly does continue here on WTMJ. My name is Matt Pauly. Have you for just a few more minutes before all is said and done on the program. Let's grab one more phone call before we are done for the day. Derek is in Clinton. Derek, you're on WTMJ. Hey, thanks for having me. You bet. I uh, just want to get your opinion on uh, trading things. A good relief and a maybe below average first, and that could put with uh, Jesus Aguilar. 
Hey, uh, Derek, you're kind of going in and out, so I'm, I'm gonna. I think I heard your question. Let me repeat it. And I, I just, uh, I just dropped you, so I hope I've got the question right. I think you asked if uh, uh, Eric Thames trade him away for a pretty good reliever and maybe uh, a first baseman who's not who's a just kind of an average major league first baseman. I, I really don't think they're going to trade Eric Thames. They signed him to a three-year deal at low money, and it's a guy who, even though he's a little bit older, he's 30 years old, he's been in Korea so long, I just think that they're still, you know, they believe in this guy and their metrics and all their numbers say that this guy can be a pretty good player. And I don't know what teams are going to be really interested in, yeah, interested in Eric Thames. Like the, the thing about Thames is that he doesn't get paid very much money. Uh, that's that's the most attractive thing. When you look at his numbers, Thames right now is a two fifty one hitter. I, he does have 23 home runs and 44 RBIs, but then when you start to break that down and get rid of April, uh, let's see, in, he's having a better July. He's hitting three oh four in July, but June was 163. May was 221. Uh, I, I, I don't think Thames is on the radar in terms of somebody that they want to trade. And again, this goes back to, I don't think teams want major league players when you trade. I just don't think they want them. They want prospects. Last year when the Brewers were trading away guys, they didn't want major league guys. They didn't want, you know, when they were talking with the Texas Rangers, they had no interest in anybody on the active 25-man roster. They wanted minor league guys. They wanted prospects. They wanted guys who were paid very little, and they had a long-term club control on. So I, I just don't think Thames brings you much of a return. Sometimes, sometimes guys are worth more to you than they're worth to other teams. Like that goes back to Ryan Braun. I absolutely think that Ryan Braun is worth more to the Brewers than he's worth to any other team. I p- kind of put Eric Thames in that category as well. I think he's worth more to the Brewers than he is any other team. All right, let's look ahead to what's coming up with the Brewers this uh, week. Uh, they're going to open up a series in Philadelphia tomorrow. This is a huge series. They just got swept in Pittsburgh. I'm not jumping off the ledge on the sweep. They're, Pittsburgh's not a good matchup for the Brewers this year, and that ballpark, PNC Park, is not a good ballpark for the way the Brewers play baseball. So let's call, at least temporarily, let's call this series in Pittsburgh just an anomaly. And let's see what they do in Philadelphia. Matt Garza is going to uh, face Aaron Nola. Then Brent Suter is going to face Jeremy Hellickson, and then Junior Guerra against Jared Eikhoff. I, I like all those matchups. Maybe the Suter Hellickson one is the one that y- you don't like. Uh, Nola at times have given the Brewers a little bit of trouble. Jared Eikhoff certainly doesn't scare me. So that's a the, the pitching matchups certainly favor the Brewers. Something else to watch. You know, a Bre- Brent Suter his last time out, he was really good for four innings, and he faltered in the fifth. And this is a guy who's been a bullpen guy. You kind of got the sense that when he stepped in for Chase Anderson, at some point he was not going to be as effective anymore. And, and you hope that that's not true. But this next start for Brent Suter, it's a notable start because Brandon Woodruff is on a Major League Rehab assignment right now. He's pitching for AAA Colorado Springs, so he's just about set to come back. Maybe if Suter doesn't look especially good on Saturday, maybe that next start where, uh, where Suter comes up, Maybe that goes to Brandon Woodruff, and that would be that first game of the Cubs series on that Friday night. That'd be a that'd be a place to make your major league debut. We'll see. 
All right, this has been a fun show. I really enjoyed this. Thanks uh, to all the phone callers. Don't forget, you can always hear me after uh, Brewers games with Brewers Extra Innings. We have the Brewers Extra Innings podcast at uh, WTMJ.com. I've got a blog up at WTMJ.com. I'll talk to you after the game tomorrow here on WTMJ.